Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rol.com. That's rol.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Youth Pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the Word of God. River of Life, are you noticing a trend this morning? The youth has taken over the Sunday service. If you do not know me, and I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you just yet, I want to introduce myself. My name is Brian Blackwell. All of my close friends call me Blackie. And it is an absolute pleasure to be the youth pastor here at this church. I want to start today by telling you what happened Tuesday in a staff meeting that we had. Pastor Chuck came in and he was leading the staff meeting. He said, I tell you what, I've been driving around town for a couple of days now. And I've noticed all of these uh, banners, these posters in the yards of graduating seniors. You know how we do here in Wakulla County. The seniors are dressed in formal attire, black. And he said, what I see when I drive down these roads are these posters. And it got me in a spirit of celebration. He said, so I wanted, what I want to do to start this staff meeting, and if we don't get anything else accomplished today, we're going to get this accomplished. I am going to celebrate every staff member in this room by telling you what you're really good at and how much I appreciate what you do for our church. So he went around, one person at a time, and he told us how good we were. He used his tongue to put life into us, and he even said some things about me that I don't think are true, but I, I took it in. <laughs> So that's where I want to start today. I've got to celebrate many of you in this congregation for what you do for our youth program. In two weeks from tomorrow, we leave for journey camp. We're taking 100 kids up there. Only the parents are clapping. (laughs) We're going to take roughly 100 people up there. And church camp, it's not cheap. It costs about $350 to cover everything for the the six days that we'll be together. And what I want to celebrate is not one time from this stage, from this screen, in the bulletin, have I asked for you guys to come forward and to give me money to provide a scholarship for these kids. Not one time. However, numerous faces that I see right now have approached me out of the goodness of their heart, and they've handed me money and say, hey, you make sure you use this to send a kid to camp. You make sure, I want you to specifically pick out a child that comes from a single parent home, and you send this child to camp. I even had one gentleman, good friend of mine, one of the most resourceful and probably one of the more rednecker people that I know. <laughs> he came into my office one morning, And he slammed a wad of $100 bills down on my desk. And he says, I'm going to tell you a story about this money I'm going to send kids to camp with. I said, go for it. You got my attention. He said, I had a lawnmower laying around the property. And I decided to put some time and put some money into that lawnmower. And I sold that lawnmower to somebody in Tallahassee. And here's the money from that lawnmower. That's pretty awesome. That sounds like somebody who loves Jesus to me. It also is about the most Wakulla thing I've heard in a long time. (laughs) So, if you're here today, look around your yard. Maybe there's something you can fix up. Bring it to the youth. We'll take it. Thank you 
for everybody who has blessed our youth program, not just camp, but in general. From the bottom of my heart, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I often hear it said that the youth, they're the future of the church. And obviously, they are the future. But what I have learned in my three plus years of being a youth pastor is that they may indeed be the future of the church. But more importantly, they are the now of the church. They really are. And you're seeing that here today on display. The title of my message today is Youth, Friends, and Future. Youth, Friends, and the Future. Wednesday nights when we meet uh, next door in the youth zone, one of the things that I do as the pastor of the youth is I want them to be able to get a hold of God's word quickly, immediately, when they need it. Okay? So I know you know that you can get all kinds of information at your fingertips through your smartphone, a device, whatever you might use. So I tell the kids all the time, hey, don't come to Pastor Blackie if you've got an issue and you need immediate help and you can't get a hold of me. Do me a favor. Just ask Siri, what does the Bible have to say about blank? Hey, Siri, what does the Bible have to say about anxiety? Hey, Siri, what does the Bible have to say about pornography? Hey, Google, what does the Bible have to say about fear or gossip or whatever? And I'm honest with you, I keep it that simple. Look it up. Let's see what God's word has to say about it. So I wanted to know what God's word has to say about youth. I asked Siri, hey Siri, tell me what God's word says about youth. Many of you know, I'm sure you can guess the first thing that popped up. It's this verse right here from 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Wow. Recently, many of you followed the Asbury College revival that spread throughout the country and was big news for a couple of weeks. In Kentucky alone, an estimated 70,000 believers attended the revival with 200 different colleges and universities impacted nationwide. Many of you are also familiar with the Jesus Revolution movie that was recently released that highlighted the Jesus people, or Jesus freaks as they were called, the movement from the 1960s. And I'm here to tell you today, it is important to note that both of these spiritual awakenings were spurred on by young people radically in love with Jesus Christ. They were. And most biblical scholars agree that Jesus' disciples, they were 18 years old or younger. River of life, do not be deceived. Our youth and the graduates here today, they are capable of doing big and lasting things for Jesus Christ and his kingdom. In the verse we read today, God's word, just a moment ago we read, God's word, it clearly mentions set an example and the word conduct was used. Now I'm an English major and it's easy for me to tell you that a synonym for conduct is actions. Another synonym is how you conduct yourself, right? Behavior, how we behave. And we can all agree that actions speak louder than words. Pastor Henry, Good to see you today, my brother. I'm glad you're here. Even on a leave of absence, he's calling me and saying, Brother, how can I help you prepare? Is there something I can pray for you about? How can I, how can I help you in this process? 
young pastor, young pastor that falls under my guidance, under my leadership, how can I help you? I said, one thing you can help me do is you can get on stage and quote a poem for me. He said he wouldn't do that. He would if I asked him, I'm teasing. But I said, Pastor, you got to send me a poem that you quote, and I'm not going to be able to have it memorized, but i got to say something about conduct and actions speaking louder than words. Here's the poem that Pastor often reads. And the lecture you deliver may be wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do. I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act, and how you live. Church, there's no misunderstanding as Christians how we act and how we live. And I'm going to give you an example of that. Last year, when we went to camp up in Mariana, again, we took roughly 90 kids, had roughly 10 volunteers go up there. And one of the things that this camp did that was different than other camps, they don't allow you to pick your roommates. We just submitted a list of 90 kids, and then the camp took it upon themselves to assign the kids to one of our leaders. So if you know anything about youth, you know that from here to Mariana, I'm praying the entire way, dear Lord, if you've ever heard me, hear me now. Please, God, do not give me the middle school boys. (laughs) I see a lot of heads nodding over there. It's not that I don't love our middle school boys. It's that they are challenged in several ways, and one of them is hygiene. The other one is cleanliness and just order in general. So when I get to the camp, of course you know where this is going. I got a group of five young men, and then we had a door that connected another room. There were six of them, and they're all middle schoolers. I said, okay, Lord, your will be done. This room that we were assigned was a 14 by 14 cinder block structure that had one bathroom in it. It had carpet so dirty, it appeared the last time it was cleaned was maybe during the Reagan administration. (laughs) It had three bunk beds in it, and that was our home for a week. (laughs) So the camp announced on Monday night that each day there would be an award given for the cleanest room on campus. Man, I knew we were nowhere close to that award. We were in last, last, last place. So Tuesday they gave an award. Wednesday they gave an award. Thursday they gave an award. And by Thursday, it came to me, God put it on my heart, that you know what? I am the leader of these youth. I am their youth pastor. They are supposed to fall in line with my guidance. And what had happened is I had fallen into line with them. Man, I was sloppy because know this about me. If you don't know, I'm an only child. I like things neat. I like tidy. I am married to a woman who is close to obsessive compulsive. (laughs) Like we keep our house and our things nice for the most part. Man, stuff was everywhere. And not only was it stuff, it was like wet and muddy stuff from playing in the rain and in the, like it was nasty. So God put it on my heart. He's like, are you not their leader? Do you not want to fix this with your actions and with your conduct, pastor? In fact, the matter is, I did. And I see Chris. Where is Jace? 
Okay, there's Keaton. Where's Aiden? I see Aiden in the house. These were my bunk mates. And they're all here today, and they will tell you this story true. I said, we're winning tomorrow. (laughs) On last day, we are winning first place for the cleanest room on this campus. And keep in mind, it's like 1145 at night when I'm saying this. (laughs) It took an hour just to clean the bathroom. But we started, and we started getting organized. And I could see that my actions were spurring them on. And then they started, and then the room next door got involved. And we had everything nice and tidy. And, and, and then I looked at the carpet, and I said, man, uh, it's like 1245 now. Where are we going to get a vacuum at almost 1 in the morning? And my man Jace over there, he'll tell you. Let me tell you about Jace. He's kind of like a doomsday prepper. Kind of like a MacGyver. He carries a backpack that could have bob wire in it. And like, you just, you just never know. Some Advil, like who knows? He says, I know what, Pastor Blackie. I know what. I know how we can clean this carpet and win. I said, how? He climbs up on his bunk. He comes down. He grabs something out of this crazy backpack. And he says, right here. And I said, what is? It's duct tape. Now, I have fixed a lot of things with duct tape. I have, but I have never vacuumed with duct tape. But my brother Jace apparently has. And here is what he did. He ripped off a a strip, cut it in two, handed it around to to the other members in the room, and then he got on his knees in this, I'm telling you this carpet. He got on his knees and he started walking around. And piece by piece, vacuuming the room with duct tape my hand to God. (laughs) Now that sounds like Jesus. This next part doesn't. The boys in the room next door came over and they saw that, man, our place was taking shape like it was looking good. And they said, we need some duct tape. Jay said, I'll give you some duct tape. It's $5 a strip. (laughs) Is that true? That's true? Yeah. Do you think we won first place the next day? I promise you we did. I promise you we did. (laughs) My conduct, my actions, you see, they set the example for my bunkmates. And to this day, my middle school brothers, Aiden, Jace, Keaton, and Chris... They remember that night and feeling that we had worked together to achieve something worthy. Every time we greet each other now, Chris, what do we say when we greet each other? We say 213. Because that was our room that we transformed basically from the slums to something worthy. We did. (laughs) Youth and graduates, River of Life congregation, let our conduct be an example to believers and non-believers alike. Right? After all, and hear me when I say this, after all, you are the only Bible some believers will ever read. I want to switch gears now to friends. We talked about conduct and the youth and our actions. I want to talk about friends real quick. In youth, we have these little sayings, and we call them blackieisms, right? Pastor blackieisms. And one of my little blackieisms, this little saying, this little quip is, show me your friends, 
and I will show you your future. If you lined up your friends next to you, five, six, ten of them, and I interviewed them, I could tell you where you'd be in three months. I could tell you where you're going. You want to be a great hunter? Surround yourself with people that shoot a lot of game. You want to learn how to work on transmissions? You want to learn how to love Jesus? Surround yourself with people that do that. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Obviously, God's Word says it much more elegant than I do. Proverbs 13, 20 through 21. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. That sounds a lot better than show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's because God's in charge of it. How about this one from Psalms 133.1? Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Youth, graduates, congregation, how awesome is it when our friends and when we're all getting along and things are going God's way? It's priceless. It's really what it is. Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another for yourselves. Put the other person first. It sounds like Jesus to me. I feel like it's kind of show and tell today for the youth program. I mean, I really do. I want to bring up four young ladies right now, and I ask them to stand right up here. They know who they are, and I want you to get a good picture of kind of what God's Word looks like. Church, let me introduce to you Miss Jenna Cross. I want to introduce you to Miss Macy Zinzer. Miss Catherine Taft. And obviously, Miss Elizabeth Austin. All four of these ladies love Jesus. They have given their life to Christ, they have been baptized. And I think we can all agree. By seeing them here today, they could be anywhere they wanted to be, but they're in God's house today. They truly do walk the walk and talk the talk. One thing they also do incredibly well is they play softball well. Before you today, congregation, stand four now juniors, but we're sophomores, and they are the state runner-up for Florida in the 4A softball championship. I mean, how our youth would say it. I'm trying to say, these are ballers. That's what they'd say. But what I love better is see their leading prayer on the field where I can't go. Pastor Henry can't go on the field and lead prayer for them. They have to take it upon themselves. These people recruit other high schoolers and they bring them here. And they do it through athletics. They do it through just being kind and being an awesome friend. They're all heavily involved in our youth program. They're all heavily involved in FCA. These young ladies, you see their sisters and their friends in Christ. They love each other and they are serious about their faith And they're serious about who they surround themselves with. They are devoted to each other and per God's word and per God's promise, they are being rewarded with good. This looks good to me up on this screen. Does it look good to you? 
They had a photo after they had lost the championship game. And I haven't said anything to them. But they held up this, this little symbol right here, okay? And what that means is they were just saying, well, we lost. You know, we're, we're kind of we're losers right here, you know. I don't see losers down here before me today. I don't. The way they represented this county, the way they represent them, and listen to me, the way they represent our church and our king is awesome to me, and it makes me want to be a better pastor. One more round of applause for these ladies, if you would. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Wow. And if you think like me, you're like, well, man, they're juniors. They got two more years to get after this thing. I look forward to seeing where God takes them, don't you? I mean, I really do. Man, I, there's a sweet spirit in the house today. There's a spirit of celebration that we actually get to see like tangible results of what God is doing uh, with, with our youth and how he's using them. They're capable. We honor our graduates and we focus for a moment on our youth today. And this stage of their life is worth being excited about. It truly is. But I think everyone in the house that's probably over 20 can agree it's a stressful time in their lives. It's a confusing time. In essence, they are caught between being a teenager and an adult. We call them young adults. But honestly, what they are, they're just old teenagers. I mean, seriously. Loretta Lynn from my home state of Kentucky was married and having children when she was 13. Okay? Not anymore. Right? An 18-year-old, not nearly as mature as used to be back in the day. Would you agree with that? They're really just old teenagers. But they're attempting to sort of squeeze their way and figure out adulthood. And with this transition into new responsibility, it comes anxiety. Anxiety is part of this. Pressure. The unknowing. And without a doubt, fear. There's fear about the next step of what we don't know. So you know me. Hey Siri, what does the Bible say about graduation? What does the Bible say about moving forward in the next stage of your life? What does the Bible say about the future? Well, actually a lot. It's got a ton, and I'm getting ready to hit you with them really quick. Proverbs 16.3. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Mm. Psalms 24. May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill your plans. Psalms 119.9. How can a young man keep his way pure? Listen to me, graduates. By guarding it according to your word. Psalms 119.133. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Strong. And then the first one that popped up when I asked Siri about graduation and the future If you know it, feel free to read along with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Not Pastor Blackie's words. Not Pastor Henry's words. Those are God's words. He is making you a promise. He's saying, I've got plans for you 
to prosper you, some translations say. Give you a hope and a future. The future's nothing to be afraid of, graduates, congregation. God's got this. He's got this. That's his promise. As I begin to wrap up today, I'm going to show off two more of my youth to you. I'd like for Riley and Josh to please come forward. No, Josh? Are you serious? Here he comes. Hey, only the youth go to the bathroom during service. Let's go. Thank you for that, Mr. Bentley. How are you? Good to see you. We have discussed the Lord's word on youth so far, on actions, on conduct, and on friends. And now we're closing as we speak about the future. Mm. These two before you graduated. And I think in order to talk about the future... I want to tell you a little bit about their past. I have their permission to do this. They have said what I'm about to say in front of 500 people at Fields of Faith for the FCA Fields of Faith, okay? They've given this to many, many people. So what I'm saying here is not new. But less than a year ago, both of these were lost. They were lost. Josh has one of the strongest testimonies you'll ever hear in your entire life. And it involves suicide. Church, what I found out real quick, if you want to be the youth pastor, sometimes you're going to have a real talk with real youth. Josh was close to ending his life. Even had a pistol out and was prepared to do it. That's what he'll tell you. He'll also tell you that he got a phone call right about that time from a friend of his that actually wanted to hang out and invite him to youth. He is a miracle. He is also getting ready to go to boot camp to guard you and I in the United States Army. I have had the pleasure of praying with both his parents who have been uh, ill over the past year or so. And Josh is just somebody that he, he's kind of like Pastor Blackie in the sense that he's raw, but he's redeemed. He's raw and redeemed. That's who Josh is. And now he has the opportunity to take uh, the gospel into the military and go and fight for our country. And I'm proud to know him. His future is bright. His future is awesome because God says, I've got this. I'm going to prosper you, Josh, since you turn to me. You belong to me now. That's what God says. Riley Davis is like a case study. 
for the longest time, I thought she was the most saved, most awesome, most involved Christian I'd ever seen in my life. She was at FCA. She was at youth. And then one day she comes up here and she gives her life to, to, pastor, uh, to, to Jesus as pastor leads her through the Lord's Prayer. And I came up and I said, hey, Riley, did you rededicate your life? Let's go. I love it. She said, no, nope, first time ever. <laughs> first time. And I was like, no, but you've been so involved. You, you, you know, you, you look like the awesome Christian. You're on fire for God. She's like, yeah, I just never give my life to Christ. Well, that's a good lesson, right? Maybe we should ask our friends and our coworkers and people that we're just unsure of. Maybe let's just make sure that we know that we know that we know. I think I've heard that from this pulpit before. Let's just make sure that we know. I have the opportunity to baptize both these uh, youth And I'm telling you, where they are going, their future is so bright because who they are in love with speaks to the middle schools at FCA. When she walks in, of course, all the young boys, you know, they just absolutely love this. (laughs) Wingate Athletic Softball Scholarship recipient right here, headed to North Carolina in a couple of months. I just love these two. And my heart literally breaks as I lose them in my youth program. But it can't break. It's got to celebrate these two and where they are going. And more importantly, who they're doing it for. The future is bright. Thank you guys so very much. I appreciate it. I love you. I love you. There's nothing else to say. Thank you, church, truly, for allowing me to be your youth pastor. Thank you for allowing me to bring the word today. Somebody told me a minute ago, they said, you know, don't feel nervous, Blackie. There's only 400 people in there hanging on every word, and they're going to rip you apart if you make a mistake. (laughs) I said, that may be true. But the people that I'll be speaking to are my family. They are my family. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the answered prayers that we lift up to you and that you truly hold our hand and you guide us. Lord, we just have to draw near you. Father, for the youth today, for the elders today, for our entire congregation, Father, help us to know that we can come to you anytime and say, Dear Lord, what does your word say about blank? What does your word say about how I choose my friends? What does your word say about my future? What does your word have to say about my conduct? Father, thank you for this ground. Thank you for this campus. And Father, one more time, I want to lift up our graduates and our youth. Father, don't let them stray too far. Help them to focus on you. Help them to focus on you. We lift you high. Be glorified as we go into this time. Be glorified, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850 850- Nine two six one two zero zero, or email us at info at rolcrawfordville dot com.
We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.